You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. Matthew 6, 9-13. This is the, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He says, Therefore you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. So you know when um, you're just messing around on, on your phone or your tablet and, and you're doing stuff that doesn't really matter, like playing video games, watching cat videos, checking social media, that kind of stuff, and, and your device works perfectly, like every single time you're doing that, no problems, fast loading times, good internet connection, all that kind of stuff, right? But then when you actually need your device for something important, you know, or you want to show show, show a video to someone, that, that's the moment where it stops working. Right? Has that ever happened to you guys, or has that just happened to me every single time? <laughs> Nobody else? That's just me? Or you, you guys know? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but it's that kind of stuff that sets me off. <laughs> when my technology works without a hitch, when my mic works without a hitch, and then when I actually need it, it lets me down. And, I, and, and in those moments, I just, want to, I just want to smash it, you know, just throw my phone out the window, punch my computer, you know. Yet I don't, and funny enough, I actually use my iPad to do my work. I rely on it daily. Uh, I'm using it to preach right now because let's be honest. In our, our society, we we depend heavily, like inc- like a lot. We depend a lot on our tech, right? Uh, we rely on it daily because let's be honest. Um, because um, sorry, we're we're so dependent on our tablets and phones and, and the internet and, and whatnot that I think that we'd be lost without them, we, right? We'd be lost without them. We wouldn't even know how to get through our day without them. Come to think of it. I only know like three num- three phone numbers off by heart, and two of them are mine. Um, so I, I, I depend on my phone for that stuff. But again, the, the problem is, no matter how reliable a product you think you have, when, when it comes to our, our cell phones, our devices, the truth is, it could stop working at any time. It, the battery could die. It could lose information. It could freeze. It could lose its signal. Suddenly, iCloud stops working, right? In other words, every day we're placing our dependence in something that's not completely dependable. And maybe for you, it's not your phone. Maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's money that you depend on to get you through each day or that you trust in. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's the local grocery store. You know, you depend on your local grocery store for, for your daily needs, for all your food, right? Our, our legal system. Maybe, maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's your, your job that you depend on. Maybe it's your, your feelings or others' opinions of you. Maybe you've become dependent on your own independence. The, the reality is that, that no matter how independent we think we are, we're all, each and every one of us, very dependent as humans, especially for our survival, right? We, we all rely on many things and many people, no matter who we are. No one is different in this. We all rely on many things and many people 
things, things that are good, but sometimes, unfortunately, things that can ultimately be destructive as well. And we rely on these things just to get us through our day because we're dependent. But when Jesus teaches us as believers to pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus is teaching us to place our dependence on God while simultaneously reminding us that our Heavenly Father is the one, the only one who is fully dependable. And that's really what this part of the prayer is about, right? It's, it's a lesson on dependence. Not only, that, not only that we are dependent or that we should be, but primarily that we have someone who we can fully depend on each and every day. And that's the part of the prayer we're focusing on this morning. We didn't catch that. Give us this day our daily bread. As Albert Muller writes, Give us this day our daily bread. It serves as a clear and unmistakable reminder that we are, are merely creatures. God is the creator. We are needy. God is the provider. God has designed humans to be dependent. From the moment of birth, we rely on the kindness of others to meet our needs. In other words, there is no such thing as the self-made man. So, so to pray this prayer is, is, is a humble reminder, first and foremost, that we've been designed, even before sin entered into the equation, we, we've been designed to depend on God for the fundamental needs of life. After all, he is the creator and sustainer of all things. Job 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6 says, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. So, so unto him we place our dependence. Of course, the, the idea of being dependent can feel negative or insulting to some of us. Right? Especially because as a society, we, we celebrate independence as, as, a, as a virtue, as a valuable goal to obtain. To be dependent, then, is often frowned upon and, and, and is generally a state that we find embarrassing. Like when, when we need someone to help us, we, we become embarrassed. But according to this prayer, that's, it shouldn't be like that. And yes, if you're, you're a healthy 40-year-old who's never had a job and is still living in your parents' basement playing video games and eating nachos that they bought you, that sort of dependence should be frowned upon. You should be embarrassed. Get a job, right? <laughs> if that's you, I apologize. We'll, we'll talk later. Um, let me do a menu. But what I mean is that this, this prideful cry of independence that, that we constantly hear, I can do it on, all on my own, I did this myself, and I don't need anyone's help. Right? That, that cry is not only unrealistic, but it's also unhealthy, and I'd argue it's a pretty lonely place to be. So we shouldn't see our, our dependence on God as, as a negative thing or as something that's forced on us. It's simply but amazingly... God offering his helping hand to us because we do need it. Because we do have needs. We have daily needs. Like Jesus, who, who looked with compassion upon, upon that crowd of 5,000 uh, hungry people. They, they had followed him to, to hear him teach. 
Right? They were seeking after him to hear him teach, and then and he had compassion on them because they were hungry. They had nothing to eat, and then with five loaves and two fish, he fed them in order to sustain them for that day. And, and this shows us the heart of God for each of us every day as well. As we seek him, he provides what we require. In other words, God cares about our needs. God cares about our needs, even our, our physical needs, big and small. He, he's like, like hunger and thirst or our clothing or our health. Our physical needs matter to him. And he's willing and able to give us the things or make, make these things accessible to us when we ask. Of course, that doesn't mean our lives will always be unicorns and, and rainbows, you know, or that we can just like sit back and, and do nothing and just wait for that, that, that thing we need to fall into our lap. That's not, that's not what this is saying. We still have to work. As Christians, we'll still face trials. We'll, we'll still face challenges. We'll have seasons of abundance and we'll have seasons of little. We'll have seasons of joy and seasons of sadness, seasons of victory, seasons of struggle. Right? But every day, no matter what we're going through, God desires to supply us with whatever we need to persevere and live through that day. But I think we as Christians, we, we doubt this. I think. And, and sometimes we get the idea in our head or we convince ourselves that God cares little for our needs. Or in the same vein, that our need is, is too little or inconsequential to bother him with. Like, well, who, who am I to bother God with this, with this need that I have? So instead, we, we, we tend to keep it bottled up inside. Maybe we put on a mask so that everyone thinks we're doing good and that we're fine. Maybe we try to deal with ourselves or in some different way. Maybe we just try to ignore it. And then in doing so, uh, uh, we let our need get worse. And that's, that's when we start to worry. That's, that's, when we, that's when anxiety really starts to take over. right? We start wondering how we're going to make it through the day, uh, what tomorrow will bring. I'll admit myself, I have a tendency to do this very thing. I keep everything inside. Like, it's all up to me, and I don't want to bother anyone or bother God, right? And I lose a lot of sleep when I do that. But Jesus is reminding us here that, that this isn't, isn't the way. That we don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed in our pride or feel too unworthy in letting him know and letting other believers know our needs. We're, we're taught to do it here. We're told to pray about it. We're told to come to God with it. Especially so if we've been praying the previous parts of the prayer. Because if we desire God's will to be done and his kingdom to come and to be made visible in us, to be, to be his ambassadors, we'll need him. We'll need him and the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and, and, and equip us and give us the resources and, and sustenance to go and do it. So it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something we should be thankful for, that, that we get to come to God with our needs and trust that he'll provide. As Jesus adds a few verses later, Matthew 7, 9-11 says, Jesus says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good, give good gifts to those who ask him? If you ask for your daily bread, he'll give you your daily bread. And again in Matthew 6, 30-34, to 
But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Your kingdom come, thy will be done, right? And then all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So seek after God for today, and he'll provide for today. And how does he provide? It's a good question. Many different ways. I'll list a few. Ways that he provides for our physical needs, our daily needs. Sometimes he provides miraculously. I've, I've heard testimonies from friends who've, who've randomly found or were given money or food in, in, in that moment when they, when they needed it the most. I've experienced this kind of thing myself. When I first started working here at the church eight years ago, it was definitely a move of faith for, for uh, my wife and I because, because our income, my income was, was cut drastically compared to my previous place of employment. And yet at the same time, Audrey and I decided that we wanted to tithe more because we, we trust God and we believe what's happening here at the gate. And somehow, we always had enough. We always had enough. It didn't, it didn't make sense, honestly. We, we didn't really change our lifestyle. And before, we were just living day to day as well. But we always had enough. So sometimes God provides miraculously when, when it doesn't make sense to us. I believe as well that he also gives through, through general means of grace. In other words, he, the, the job that we have, the blessings that we have, medicine, the country that we live in, all the, all the things and, and relationships that sustain us and contribute to our health and our, our well-being is because God has provided those things for us to, to ensure we'll have what we need each day. And I also believe strongly that God also uses the church to be his hands and feet for this as well. As a summarize from, from James, when, when he tells us, you know, what good is it to bless someone and, and say, you know, go, go in peace or peace to you without providing for their needs. And on that note, I want to point out, as, as I've done in my previous messages, that Jesus isn't teaching us to only pray for my daily bread. He's teaching us to pray our, our daily bread. In other words, our concern should be not only or primarily for myself, but for others as well. Again, we're, we're taught as Christians to, to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I strongly believe that if we're, we're praying not only for our personal needs to be met, but also for the needs of, of those in the church and those outside the church, then we'll become more ready and, and equipped and willing to allow God to use us as his vessels of grace and generosity. So we should, we should realize here that to pray our daily bread is to also make our hearts ready to give of what we've been given and to provide for others in need in the name of Christ. And that we can do this. We can be generous with others. 
when we trust God to provide and to resupply even as we give. Alternatively, chances are we won't give or will rarely give of what we need and what, or sorry, of what we have. If, if, if we're worried or too consumed with stockpiling for tomorrow. Right? If we're constantly thinking, what about me? What about me? We won't be able to think about what about them. It's no accident that then that Jesus teaches this right after teaching this prayer. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this doesn't mean we shouldn't be good stewards of our money, or that saving is bad or something like that, but it's a question of where our heart is at and where our trust lies. Do we, do we depend on and trust in God or our earthly treasures? Are, are we looking out for the needs of others or just worrying about our own? And, and if you have a hard time giving to others or giving back to God even, maybe ask yourself if you, if you truly are trusting God to provide for your daily bread. After the Israelites were rescued from Egypt, they learned this lesson the hard way. Most of us probably know this story. They decided to worship a golden calf, and in doing so, they turned from the God, our God, who saved them. So what did God do? He tested them in the desert for 40 years before bringing them to the precipice of the promised land. But he didn't abandon them in the desert. Each and every day, besides the the weekly Sabbath day of rest, he would miraculously provide for them manna from heaven, which was like a type of thin, flaky bread. None of them had ever seen it before. So Moses told them what it was. This is manna from heaven. This is this is from God. And then he charged them to, to gather only what they and their families needed for the day. Each and every morning, just gather what you and your family needs for the day. And so accordingly, some took little, some took much, and everyone always had enough. Literally, their daily bread. But of course, as is human nature, some of them doubted that God would continue to provide for them. So instead of trusting God for their daily supply, some of them tried to stockpile enough manna to last them for the next day as well. Or they saved some of their manna for the next day. And this is what happened, Exodus 16, verse 20. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of the manna until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Again, the the lesson here is that God wants us to trust him daily. We don't have to stockpile his blessings or worry about tomorrow. Because just as God faithfully provided for them day after day, we can trust him to do the same when we ask, when we, when we seek him and ask. But now let's ask the question then. Why are we taught to just ask for our daily bread? Why not our weekly bread or yearly bread or a million dollars in a mansion in Hawaii? Anyone tried to pray for that? You're still here, so either way. (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, so why, why are we just told to pray for our daily bread? To answer that question, I have five five quick points that, that there will be quick, I promise, that, that I want to pull out of this passage in, in Deuteronomy um, that I'm going to read. And this is Moses giving the, the Israelites a pep talk to prepare them for the promised land, you know, telling them, this is what we've been through and this is why. Right? So Deuteronomy 8, 2, 2 to 14 says this, Remember that these 40 years, the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, and in your hunger gave you manna to eat, which neither you nor your fathers had known, so that you might understand that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. So know in your heart that just as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and fountains and springs that flow through the valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity, where where you will lack nothing, a land whose rocks are iron and whose hills can be mined for copper. When you eat and are satisfied, you are to bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments and ordinances and statutes which I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses in which to dwell, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold are multiplied, and all you have increases, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So why do we pray only for our daily bread? Five points. Point number one, to reveal the state of our heart. So Moses tells the, tells the Israelites that God provided for them in their hunger in order to humble them and test them so that it would reveal their hearts, so that it would reveal where their trust and where their dependence, their obedience, and ultimately where their faith truly lied. To show them that, that, that it wasn't just the bread they needed to rely on to live, but it was ultimately God's provision. That is not them, it's God. And in the same way, to, to rely on God daily in prayer keeps our hearts focused on Him. To rely on God daily in prayer keeps our hearts focused on Him. It daily draws us to Him. And it humbles us then as we, as we trust, not in ourselves or, or idols or other things, but in God alone. So to pray for our daily bread reveals our hearts. Second point, we pray for our daily bread as a means for God to discipline us. Discipline is a negative word for us, but it doesn't really mean punishment. It means directing us and teaching us the right way to live. And God wants to show us that the right way to live is in dependence on Him. He's the one who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He's the sustainer. He's the provider. And so in in a sense, to have to rely on God each and every day 
to continually have to come to God each and every day was meant to train them and, and discipline them to trust Him. And not just for their meal, but also in regards to keeping the commandments and living for Him. God's provision helps us live, but is ultimately meant to teach us and give us what we need to live for Him. Third point, as a reminder, we, we pray for our daily bread as a reminder to be thankful for what we've been given. It's a reminder to be thankful for what we've been given. And this is a big one. Right? As, we, as, we, as we eat and, and are satisfied, as we receive all we need from God, we're to bless the Lord. That, that makes sense. Most of us probably pray before dinner and thank God for the food, right? That's, that's a good thing to do. Most of us do it by habit, but we should do it intentionally. But we should always give thanks. We should always give credit where credit's due. But the truth is that we need this daily reminder because it's in our nature to forget and therefore to start giving ourselves the credit for what we have instead. Moses, in in this passage, Moses warns the Israelites that that as they enter the promised land and and become blessed with, with riches and crops and livestock and with more than they need, that if they forget to give thanks and, and follow the Lord as they've been taught, then they'll inevitably forget who blessed them in the first place. That their hearts will become proud in their riches and their, and their facade of self-sufficiency and as a result they'll forget that it was God who saved them from Egypt and brought them to this place of abundance in the first place. And guess what? That's what eventually happened. Over and over again. Hosea 13 verse 6 says, when I fed them, they were satisfied. God wants us to be satisfied. It says, when I fed them, they were satisfied. And when they were satisfied, they became proud. Then they forgot me. When we, when we forget, when we become proud, we start thinking that, that we're self-sufficient or that we're independent, we have a tendency to just take credit, turn from God. And in my opinion, this, this is the current state of Western civilization today. We have so much, we have so much that, that in our pride, in, in, in supposed lack of need, that we've forgotten, we've forgotten who blessed us and who currently sustains us. So in contrast to that, we're taught to ask God to give us enough that we're thankful, but not too much that we become prideful, our daily bread. As Augustine writes regarding this prayer, and his use of Proverbs 30 verse 8, his commentaries in brackets, and the verse is not, says this, Give me neither poverty, lest I resent you, or riches, lest I forget you. So Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread so that each and every day we remember and we rejoice that God is our supply. We're reminded to to be thankful in what we're given, that that everything we have is from Him, and really that the very day we're living in was created by Him. As we read in Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So praying for our daily bread reminds us to be thankful. 
Point number four, part, part of learning to, to pray for our daily bread, I'd also like to argue, is, is a, a lesson in how to rest. It teaches us to rest. Our culture has a huge problem with resting. We know that, right? Probably some of us have a huge problem with resting. We're always going, working, doing, never stopping. And in the same vein, we're constantly worrying and, and stressing out about finances, about accumulating more, about providing for our families, about uh, building our, our profiles, making deadlines. So, so some of us just, just keep busy because we feel like we have to, or some of us are, keep busy because we, because this has become religious to you. Some of us just keep busy because it's just in our nature to be busybodies. And don't get me wrong, work in and of itself is good. God designed us to work. Even the Israelites had to go gather that God sent. But the problem is that many of us go and go and go until we just burn out, until we can no longer serve one another anymore or spend quality time with our families even. Sometimes what we actually need to make it through the day is rest. And that's why every day before the Sabbath, God provided the Israelites in the wilderness with twice as much as they needed so that it would last them for two days. Why? So they could rest on that Sabbath day. In other words, to pray for our daily bread is a continuing reminder for us that we can and should rest in his care and provision, to rest in his grace and mercy, and that we need to, we've been designed to physically take a break once in a while. And finally then, point number five, we pray for our daily bread in order to remember that man cannot live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Oh God, cares for our physical needs, they do point to something deeper and far more pressing and eternal, our spiritual need. Albert Muller writes, in a tangential way, this request also reminds us of our daily need for the Lord Jesus. This passage teaches us that God designed physical needs to point to our deeper spiritual needs. On the, on the day after Jesus fed that crowd, 5,000 with the loaves and the fish, they came looking for him, and they, and they requested to see a sign like that of Moses and, and the man in the wilderness. So Jesus, Jesus responds to them. I'll show you read the whole thing. We don't have time right now. But Jesus responds to them in Matthew 6, verse 35 and 47 to 51. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for, for the life of the world is my flesh. So in other words, again, to pray for our daily bread points us to, to our deeper need for Jesus. The true and eternally satisfying bread of life. 
and reminds us of our need for salvation from sin, for his grace, for his love and mercy. Deeper than that, even, we're supposed to pray this prayer then from a place of knowing and being fully satisfied in the bread of life. Which on that note, we'll, re- we'll remember and receive in a moment as we take communion. At a c- conclusion then this morning, I, I want to simply read an encouragement by the Apostle Paul that, that sums up this message well. This message could have been 10 seconds long. Philippians 4, verse 6. I could have just read that and walked away. Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, no matter how trivial our physical needs, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as this song says, this is the day that you have made, Lord, and and we rejoice and we're glad in it. Lord, we thank you that, that, that you are a God who provides and we thank you for the things that you've given us. Lord, that you care deeply, not only for our spiritual needs, but Lord, for our physical needs. For what we need each and every day to, to get by, to live for you, Lord. And as you provide, I pray that we would, we would learn and grow and, and use what you've given us for your glory, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this is a church that, that, that models that generosity as well, Lord. The, the church that, that's able to give of what we've been given. Even even last week when I mentioned that family in need, people already have been coming forward, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you that that, that, that this is a church that, that models that, and I pray that we would grow in that, that, that you would use us to make this prayer come true in one another's lives and in the lives of those outside the church that are in need as well, Lord. Through it all, I pray that, that, that as we come to you each day, that, we, that you would draw us closer to you. Remind us again and again of, of your love and your compassion and your mercy for us. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, that, that by it, we live. <laughs> 